going to start something for the next couple of weeks, and we will see what way this goes. But um, I'm going to talk on the rapture of the church. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of great truths looking at the rapture of the church. But tonight, what well, I'm going to look at tonight that the rapture is part of the mystery. And it is a mystery, okay? And that's what we're going to look at tonight. You know what, I, 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 whenever I was younger, I used to listen to Wet, Wet, Wet. I don't know why you ever liked Wet, 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 that Scottish group. And they used to sing a song, Sweet Little Mystery. And you know what, this is a mystery, praise God. This is a sweet mystery for us as, as believers because the rapture brings comfort into our lives. And um, end time teaching for a believer is meant to comfort us. It's not meant to stress us out. It's not meant to bring fear. Yet so many people do live in fear. Even Christians live in fear um, because of end time teaching. Um, but you know what, as Christians, we're not meant to live in fear. You know, when we talk of things like the Antichrist and different things that we have looked at there over the last couple of weeks, um, and we talked about a lot of those things, you know what, it's, for us, that's not meant to be free. For the world, it might wake a lot of people up. It might wake a lot of people up to see what is coming down the line. But for us as believers, praise God for the comfort of knowing that, you know what, one of these days we're going to be out of here. Amen? Amen. And we're going to be caught out of here. But you know what? When it talks about the rapture, and this is just what I want to look at this evening, just lay just a foundation this evening. But you know what? The, the rapture is part of the mystery, okay? And let me, let me start here this evening. I just want to read out this one verse. We will come back to 1 Corinthians 15 um, in the next week or the week after. But 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51, it says here, Behold, I show you a mystery. Amen. We shall not all sleep, or when it's talking about sleep here, it's talking about die. So we're not all going to die, okay? There's going to be a, a generation of believers that will not die and be put into the ground. There's going to be a generation of believers that's just going to be taken out of here. Praise God. But the Bible lets us know here, but we, we won't all die, but we, all, we shall all be changed, okay? So, and, and, and let me say this here right from the start. Every believer is going up in the rapture. Amen. Okay? That's on this planet. Every believer will go up in the rapture. Even every believer, their body will go up. Okay? We'll explain that when we get to it. Because the dead in Christ is going to rise first. Amen? And then we which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Okay? So all believers will be a part of the rapture of the church. If you're a believer, you say, I'm not a good believer. If you're saved and you have the Holy Ghost living in you, you're going up. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Amen. And God, God's coming to take what's His. Okay? So you have a lot of times in our generation, people are saying that, you know what, if you... They've said it in all generations, but you know what people have said over the years, you know what, if, if you're a Christian and you're in a pub, you're not going up in the rapture. That's not true. Okay? I've heard all of these things over the years. Years ago, they would have said, if you're in the cinema, you're not going up in the rapture. If you're in, if you used to call it years ago, mixed bathing, that's swimming, okay? If you went and done mixed bathing, if you went to the pool, you're not going up in the rapture because you're not going to be decent. Let me tell you, we're not going up because of any goodness in our lives, we're going up because we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and we have His holiness, not our holiness. 
to go up in the rapture, you just need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. So it's, it's letting us know there we shall all be changed. We're all going to change. We're all going to get a glorified body. Every single one of us that are in Christ Jesus. But you know, it says here, Behold, I show you a mystery. And it's talking here about the rapture of the church. And the rapture of the church is a mystery. Okay? Now what is a mystery? A mystery really is something that is, is not known by everybody. Okay? But even further than that, let me just look back here in Deuteronomy for a moment. Deuteronomy 29. And in verse 29, it says here, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed. So there's secrets, okay, that God knows, but then God reveals some things as well, okay? So it says here, But those things which are revealed belong unto who? Us. And to our children forever. Amen. So there are things that God has that are secrets to him. Okay. And then there's things that God has that he has revealed. So when you go to the word of God, that is God has revealed things to us through the scriptures. Okay. Now the rapture was something that was not revealed in the Old Testament. Don't go to the Old Testament and find the rapture. Because the rapture is not in the Old Testament. The rapture is in the New Testament. Amen? Because it was a mystery that God had kept secret. All through the Old Testament, God had this mystery that was kept secret. That he did not reveal. He kept it to himself. But even though God knew it was going to happen, but it's a secret until God then reveals it. Okay? And when God reveals it, praise God, we get in on the mystery. Okay? So a mystery is something that is a secret, but it's then revealed to us so that then we can understand what was in the heart and the mind of God. Amen? Now, I'm sitting in the office one day. This was years ago. Tyler was only about this height. Okay? And um, Tyler came in to me and he says, he says, Daddy, I've been keeping something from you for months. I says, okay, <laughs> what is it? He says, um, you may come with me. Oh, okay, I see what this is. I'm going and thinking, what has he done that, I, that he's, he's kept secret for all of this time? So he says, he said to me, Daddy, sorry, he says, I've, I've tried to put a hole through the wall because I wanted to spy on you <laughs> in the office. So um, because it's a... Um, uh, um, timber frame um, wall you know he, he got through one side with a plasterboard but he couldn't figure out how to get through to the other side so what he did is he came into my room and he took out a screwdriver and he had been working on it and it was getting bigger this hole was getting bigger and bigger and bigger but you know what he, he always had a, has had flags up in his room and um, football flags and so we had a I'm not, I think he, at that time he had a big Manchester United flag up in the room and after that he covered that up with a Barcelona flag but, um, you know, he says to me, it's under the flag. So I, we were in that room all the time. We never seen it. Never seen it. Do you know why? Because it was hid. Okay? So then what he done was he uncovered it and showed us something that was kept hid for months. But once he showed it to me, then I was able to go and show it to Donna. So something was shown to me. A secret was shown to me so that then I could show it to Donna. 
That's exactly what God did with the Apostle Paul, okay? That there were secrets that were in God, that God has a right to have things that see as secrets. Look, in eternity, we don't know what eternity is going to hold for us. But we know this. God said he's going to show us the riches of his grace. I mean, he's going to pour on us for eternity the riches of his grace. All we know is what has been revealed. Okay? But in the Old Testament, the rapture wasn't revealed. So you can go and read Isaiah, you won't find a rapture. You can go and read Jeremiah, you won't find a rapture. When we looked at Daniel's prophecies, we didn't see the rapture. We didn't see the church age or anything to do with the church. Why? Because it was a secret. So when we looked at Daniel's 70 week that time, and remember we seen from, from the decree went forth for, for the walls to be built in the book of Nehemiah, for Jerusalem to be built again. 483 years, Jesus rode in on a donkey, which was told unto Messiah the Prince. And then Messiah the Prince would be cut off, would be killed. So you can see in the Old Testament, you can see the cross. Amen. You can see Psalms 22, and you can see Jesus on the cross saying, My God, my God, why, is you, why have you forsaken me? You can see all of these things in the Old Testament, but what you will not find is the church and things concerning the church. So the rapture is the rapture of the what? The church. So the church and the rapture were what? Mysteries. So there were secrets in God, but God gave them to Paul so that Paul then could reveal them to us. Now, it takes a bit of help to understand them. I'll explain that now in a second as well. But I want you to know what we're looking at. When you look at the church, okay, and you look at things concerning the church, which is the, when we look at the rapture of the church is what we're going to look at. The rapture is called a mystery. And that's why people, they, they don't see the rapture. They blend everything together. They blend the second coming and the rapture together, when the rapture is something that is a secret mission of God for the church to come and take the church out of here so that the tribulation period can come and that last week of Daniel's prophecy can be fulfilled. That's why when you look in Daniel, you don't see the church. Amen? And thank God that's why we don't go through the tribulation because we're going to be taken out of here before that happens. So thank God for we're part of the mystery. And do you know what? There's, there's, when you come across the word mystery in the New Testament, there's several things that it talks about that are mysteries. What they were were secrets that God is now revealing. Amen? Now, the book of Ephesians is a great book to look at the mystery. Okay? And I just want, I just want to get this concept out tonight of really the mystery in the New Testament so that we understand even this time period where we live and we take it for granted. But I'm telling you, we are God's secret weapon in the earth. Amen? The church is God's secret weapon in the earth. You have to see yourself that way. You're a part of something that was hid by God. It was so amazing that it was hid. But God knew about it and had it all planned from before the foundations of the world. Amen? Look, in Ephesians 1, 
Without getting into everything here, I just want to get the, just show the, like the flow of this here more than anything. Ephesians 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places were in Christ. Amen. According, look at this, as he has chosen us in him, in Christ. From when? Before the foundation of the world. He's talking here about things from before the foundation of the world. Jesus was God's answer. Praise God, when we receive Jesus, we are then in Christ. Amen. But God had this plan before the foundation of the world that in Christ we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. Praise God. Amen. Once you receive Jesus, you're blessed. Because you're now in Christ. God already spoke all of this planned all of this before the foundation of the world. Nobody knew about it. But praise God, now we know that we're in Christ. And that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Look in verse 9. Having made known unto us, look at this here, the mystery of His will. This was part of God's plan, purpose, desire that He had for mankind. But nobody's seen the full picture according to the good pleasure which he had purposed in himself. Let me tell you, for us to be in Christ, for us to be in the church, was God's will and God's pleasure, was God's pleasure to bless us with every spiritual blessing. Look in verse 13, it says, In whom also you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom after that you believed, you were sealed with a Holy Spirit of promise. Praise God. When you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you were sealed with a Holy Ghost. You are owned. Amen. Which is the earnest, like a down payment of your inheritance. Look at this, until the redemption of the purchased possession. In other words, your spirit is saved, but God has bought all of us. Our body is bought, our soul is bought, but the down payment is we have the Holy Ghost sealed us on the inside, and our spirit is saved completely, holy, without blame, without blemish, no sin in our spirit. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your spirit is so holy. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you have his holiness in your spirit that John said in 1 John that you can't sin. What part of you can't sin? Your spirit, your body can. Your mind can, but your spirit can't. Amen? Because his seed is in you. You're born of the word of God and his seed remains in you. You're bought with a price, praise God. But God's coming to take what is his until when it says here, until the redemption of the purchased possession. That's at the rapture of the church when he comes to take all of you and that you get a new body and that you will be totally redeemed, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. It's an amazing thing, but all of this was in the heart of God. But you have the down payment of that. You have the proof of that. 
God has given like a deposit in you, so to speak, to guarantee for you that one day you're going to be saved spirit, soul, and body because it's, you have been bought with a price. All of you, spirit, soul, and body, you are His. Your body may have flaws and weaknesses, but what do you see what it's like when God's finished with it and you get a new body? Glory to God. Amen. That's what He's saying. One day you're going to stand before Jesus and you're going to know him even as you are known. You're going to not have to renew your mind because you're going to, you're going to have a new soul, spirit, soul, and body. But praise God, God's put a down payment on the inside of us. Amen. But God knew all of this from before the foundations of the world. Look, that's why Paul then prays for the rest of this chapter, and he's praying that you would get a revelation of this, Would you, that you would get a revelation of what happened when God raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand, far above principalities. What it done when God raised Jesus from the dead? Let me tell you, the life for you to be saved happened at that moment in time as well. Let me tell you, God raised you from the dead as well in Christ Jesus. He's your life. He went from death to life so that you could go from death to life. Amen. Let me tell you, Jesus died. I mean, Jesus took all of death. He took it all. David, say, David was prophesying of the coming Messiah and saying that his soul would not be left in hell. Jesus took all of death. I mean, everything to do with death and the consequences of it. Why? Because he was dying your death and my death. He took our full punishment but when he was raised up from the dead, praise God, have a guess who else is raised up to from the dead in him? Us. And when you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, let me tell you, you got that new life recreated in Christ Jesus. Amen. And because Jesus has a glorified body, praise God, you're going to have a glorified body just like his one day. That's what takes place at the rapture of the church. And so it's, Paul then begins to pray. This is mystery talk. This is praying in line with the mystery. You see, God had things that were secret, but now they're being revealed. But you need to pray because you need the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you can comprehend. You will not get it in here. You get it in here. You get a revelation of it on the inside. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says here in verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word. So Paul's saying, I got this revelation. What I'm doing is I'm giving it to you, just like Tyler showed me so that I could show Donna. God showed Paul so that Paul then could explain this to us with the help of the Holy Ghost. Verse 3, it says, How that by revelation, you have to have a revelation of this, he made known unto me what? The mystery. Something that was a secret, now it's revealed. Amen. As I wrote a four and a few words, so it takes the revelation of the Holy Ghost. 
to understand the things of God. You cannot understand them with your head. It takes the Holy Ghost to reveal the Scriptures, and the Scriptures come alive in you. Sometimes you can't even comprehend it in your head, but in here you just, praise God, I get that, I believe that. It says, whereby when you read, ye may understand, look at this, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in, look at this, other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto us by his holy apostles and prophets. Look, by who? By the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. It took the Holy Ghost to reveal these things. I mean, so you see what we have in God. They didn't understand that in the Old Testament. They, didn't, they couldn't grasp it. You can't, that's why the, the epistles are so, are, are so rich for a new covenant believer. It really is food for us. You read a whole Bible. We need the whole Bible because you have to understand it all. Get, it has to be rightly divided. But there's nothing will minister to you as a believer like the new covenant. Because, you see, the, the old covenant, it was written to spiritually dead people. What gives life to the old covenant is looking at it through the lens of the new covenant and seeing Jesus in all the types and shadows. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. But how he dealt with man did. But today, I'm telling you, we are so blessed. Amen. Nobody in the, in the old covenant was born again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Not one. But praise God, we are today. The old covenant was the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Once you've got saved, it's fulfilled its purpose, even though you still learn from it. Because you learn in the types and shadows. Okay? Now, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. Look at this here again. This is part of the mystery of what we are in in the new covenant. It says that the Gentiles should be followers of the same body and partaker of his promises by Christ and by the gospel. Do you see, the body of Christ, it's not a Jewish thing. It's made up of Jew and Gentile. Like you look in the Old Testament or you even look in the days of Jesus, even in the days of Paul when they had, you know, the, the temple and different things. In the temple you had a place what was called the court of the Gentiles. Because in the, in the, in the temple there was segregation, but not in the body of Christ. You know, the Gentiles were on one side. You know, when you see any type of that discrimination kind of a thing, that mentality, but it wasn't that, it's just it was a different covenant then. You had to understand that, but the Gentiles weren't in on it the same as the Jews. But you know, when you look at the world today, it's, hate to see, it's, it's, it's hard to see, you know, division and stuff like that. But God had to deal with man that way in the Old Testament, but that wasn't his heart. He's looking forward to the new covenant, praise God, in the church, to where it is made up of Jew and Gentile. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white. When you get a comprehension of that as a believer, racism leaves your life. Amen. Looking, at people, looking down at people, even, no, even in the body of Christ, some people elevate themselves, have more position, and you have more money, and you have more wealth, and you're any of those kind of things. In the body of Christ, we're all one. 
It's an amazing thing. But it was part of this mystery. Verse 9, it says, To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Then it says, here's this is the intention of God here for the church. It says, to the intent, or in other words, here is God's intention that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. What is the church? The church. In other words, what? Who are you in the church? Amen? What is the church? The church is the wisdom of God on display. It's God's wisdom. The church was a mystery. It was kept secret in the heart of God from before the foundation of the world. The church is God's secret weapon in the earth. Amen. God's secret weapon. And the church was God's intention that through the church that God would display to all of the angels everyone in Satan's kingdom the principalities and powers that God would display his wisdom Amen and the New Living Translation I love the way it's worded here in this it says God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich varieties to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Amen. And then in Ephesians 3 and verse 21, it says, Unto him be glory were in the church by Christ Jesus. Do you know what? God is getting glory through who? The church today. Through his people. What is the church? The church means called out ones. That's what it means. We are called out of darkness. We're called out of the kingdom of darkness. Why? To show forth his praises. When it says to show forth his praises, what it means is God wants to display his um, characteristics, his love, his victory, his joy. Amen. All of these things, God's attributes. He wants to display all of those things through our lives. That's what God wants to do. That's why, you see, he's getting glory in and through the church. When you see someone's life turned around, praise God. When you see someone that should have fell to pieces and yet the love of God has fallen through them. When you see someone, something happens to them and they walk in forgiveness, you know what God is going, what God is doing, he's displaying his love. When you see someone that was a mess and nobody and God took their life and changed them and turned them around and did something amazing in their lives, let me tell you, it is displaying God's ability, God's love, God's grace. Your life becomes a trophy. Amen. And then God gave us church victory. God gave us church the name of Jesus. The devil do anything to keep you down as a Christian. To make you think that you're a worm instead of seeing who you now are in Christ Jesus. It's not a prideful thing. 
our lives reflect glory back to him. When God can take a mess and turn it into a message. Amen. When God can take something that should have finished you and yet it didn't take you out. Praise God. In actual fact, you grew and you excelled. Amen. That is a testimony. When God takes a life of someone that was an absolute nuisance to society and radically saves them. That is a witness. God is showing his excellencies through the church. Amen. That's what the church is about. See, that's what Ephesians is, is showing. I'm only hitting the tip of it in Ephesians, but I love the book of Ephesians. Really what it's showing in chapter 1, it's, it's showing that we're, we're blessed in Christ. It was all because of Christ. What he did, that God raised Jesus, set him at a, up at his own right hand, far above principalities, powers, might, and dominion. Praise God for everything that Jesus done. And Paul's saying, I pray you get a revelation of that. And then in chapter 2, it lets us know that we were in the kingdom of darkness. We were controlled by the spirit of this world. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. But thank God for the grace of God and the gospel. We're saved by grace. Amen. And he saves you and changes you. And you become his workmanship, his masterpiece. So that now God is getting glory in and through your life. It's all to the glory of God. Then when you come into chapter 3, he's starting to show that we are the church. Praise God, you're getting in a mystery, something that was hid, kept secret from the, before the foundations of the world. God's intention is to get glory through his church. Then in chapter 4, it talks about how that now that when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts unto men. And those gifts are to train us and equip us as saints so that we can go and be all God has called us to be. Praise God. And he's telling us, stop living like the world. You know what? Realize who you now are as a believer. Your life is going to reflect God to your generation. You can be all God's called you to be, in other words. You can do all God's called you to do. Amen. Then when you come into chapter 5, it's saying that there was Christians and they're asleep among the dead. They're just acting like the world. You can't see any change in their life. They're no different. And what Paul is saying, wake up. Praise God. Wake up. Get your light shining again as a believer. You are God's intention in the earth. God wants to use your life to, for, to, to, to bring change. And so then the Bible tells us to be full of the Holy Ghost and you speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Wake up. Get back to walking the path that God has for your life. And then when you come into chapter 6, what he's saying is put on the armor of God because you are going to engage the enemy. But praise God, when you're in the armor of God, you win. Amen. You're already a winner. Put on the armor of God and go and make a difference with your life. Amen. That's what he's saying for us. And what is it all about? It's about waking up because we're part of a mystery that was hidden God from before the foundations of the world. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of the body. His life flows right down through us. His victory flows right down through us. His peace flows right down through us. Everything he is, Praise God, we're connected to Him. That's who we are in the earth. Do we take any credit? No, we're His workmanship. 
Who gets glory? Us. He gets the glory. Do we need Christian celebrities? No, we need to be elevating Jesus. Not Christian celebrities. Who wants to be a Christian celebrity? Who wants to have their name in lights when you can put in lights the name that's above every name? Praise God. When you get a revelation of His name, your your name doesn't count as much. You fall in love with His name. Let's get our name out there. Let's get His name out there. Let's promote our agenda. Let's promote His agenda. Let's promote politics. Let's promote some political party. Let's promote the mission of Jesus Christ to tell the world about Jesus. That's what it's about. People ask me, who do you line up with? Let me tell you, I've been a dolly mixture all my life. I don't give a stuff about all of them things, and I'm not saying they're not important in their place. But as a minister, my job is not to lift up a political agenda. My job is to lift up the gospel in the name of Jesus. Period. Amen? Because the church is for everyone who believes in Jesus. They can come into this wonderful mystery that was kept secret from before the world began. I don't care if a person believes one way or another way when it comes to their political agenda. Uh, They're a candidate, from my point of view, for Jesus. Because Jesus died for all. Amen? Look here in um, Ephesians. Praise God. It's good stuff, isn't it, when you look at the mystery? All of this kept secret. Look at, um, in Ephesians 5, what it's talking about is husbands and wives here, but really it's showing a bigger picture. And it's showing, it says here in verse 32, it says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. Let me tell you, when you get saved, you're bone of his bone and you're flesh of his flesh. You're one with him. He's the head. His life flows through you. That's what it's talking about. This was a mystery. I'm telling you, no one could have comprehended this in the Old Testament. And praise God for us as believers, we don't ever need to take this for granted. Here was what Paul said in Ephesians um, 5 as well. Actually, a 6. Ephesians 6. It says here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And then Paul says, and pray for me as well. (laughs) Amen. Why? Paul's saying, and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. What's Paul saying? Pray for me. Paul wasn't saying, you know, pray for me that, you know what, and not that you can't pray for people for God to look after them and take care of them, but I'm telling you, you see, as a, as a minister, you know what Paul's top priority was to get the gospel out. Top priority. Amen? Let me tell you, we can have priorities. There's things I pray for. There's things I'm believing for. But I'm telling you, top priority in my life is to do what God's called me to do. It should be top priority in all of our lives and it's concerning the call of God upon our lives to affect our generation for Jesus. It has to be top priority. There's there's other things that I'm believing God for. But what's top? 
Paul said the same thing. I'll not read it over here, but just, well, actually, I need to actually read it over here. Colossians 1, verse 25. It says here, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which was given me, given to me for you. In other words, Paul is saying, God revealed this mystery to me to show to you, to fulfill the word of God. You see, in Paul's day, there was part of the word of God that was missing. In our day, there's none of it missing. It has been fulfilled, okay? What was missing? The mystery of the church. That's what was missing. And Paul said, God, give me this to bring the word of God to completion. God had a secret. So to speak, like a, a secret download. And God downloaded into Paul. And praise God, and now the word of God is complete. Amen. We don't add to it. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. It's complete in our generation. But look what it said. Here's what was missing, even the mystery, which had been hid from other ages and from generations, but now is made manifest unto his saints. Look at this here. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, Praise God, here is a major thing in the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Let me tell you, we're the only ones on this planet who have God living in us. Think about that. You've God living in you when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You have Christ in you. He never seen that, you know what, I'm going to meet with God in that sense. He looked at it, God's with me everywhere I go. Do you know, there's, there's one thing like in, in our generation that sometimes people, sometimes people go to extremes with it because like, I believe in the manifested presence of God, okay, where God can manifest. We can all experience where God manifests in the room, where it becomes physical. You know, when you experience the manifested presence of God. But I'm not running around thinking that if I don't feel anything, I don't have God with me. I've God in me. Understand? I'm not looking for a feeling to get close to God. How closer can you get when he moved in? That's why Paul's saying, get a revelation of what you have. Pray for your eyes, you understand, to get enlightened of what you have. Stop running around trying to feel God and all of these kind of things and get a revelation. You've God in you. What would it do if we got a revelation and we live with God in us? Instead of feeling distance from God, I'm never distance from God. Now, I can feel in myself that I'm distance, but in reality, he moved in forever. And if I ever feel distance, all I need to do is start reminding myself that I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. I think God's left me. Let me say something else in this as well. Psalms 51 is not a new covenant prayer. I've heard good ministers praying in our generation, God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. I never pray, pray a prayer like that. Wash me and cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Let me tell you, when I got saved, I got a clean heart. 
I'm washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to dishonor the blood of Jesus to run around feeling like I am not washed. I am washed and you are washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm not going to live with the mindset that, you know what, take not your Holy Spirit from me. He can't leave you because He came to move and live in you forever. This rubbish in our generation, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Get in your Bible. Read your Bible. Amen. Read the New Covenant. Look how many times God said the Holy Ghost came to live in you. Go look through the New Testament. It's all about He lives in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. What a difference that would make if we started to live with the awareness that Christ is in me, that I'm not trying to get Him, I have Him. I'm not trying to get forgiveness, I have forgiveness. I'm not trying to get washed, I am washed. Washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Just awesome. Romans says the same thing. I'll not read it out, but it just talks about it being a mystery kept secret from before the world began. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about us, uh, about us um, needing the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost, He's the one who speaks the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. We've got, he, the Holy Spirit knows God inside and out. He knows everything about God. He knows the mystery. He knows, so to speak, the hole <laughs> underneath the... The flag. He knows it. He knows all of the mysteries of God. And let me tell you, He moved on the inside. And now the Holy Spirit can start communicating to you spirit to spirit. As you hear the Word of God, let me tell you, it's just like He lights that up on the inside. He lights that up. Brings revelation to it. Bears witness to it. On the inside. That's what the Holy Ghost does. You need the Holy Ghost to understand these things. Amen. Look, there are several things that we have that the, the Old Testament saints didn't have, okay? Number one, we have individual priesthood, okay? Which means you don't have to go to somebody else. You can offer the sacrifice of praise, amen? The fruit of your lips given thanks, amen? We're kings and priests, the Bible says, unto God. In the Old Testament, there, there was a, the, you know, the, the priesthood. It was the Levitical priesthood. And even among them, they had jobs. It was only the children of Aaron that um, were the actual priests and the high priests that went into the Holy of Holies. But let me tell you, in the New Covenant, let me tell you, you're a priest and you can run into the presence of God. Amen? You can come boldly to the throne of God. Amen? Amen? So you can look at that. You can look at that. We, we, this is something that's different. See, this is part of what we have. Every believer has the Holy Spirit living in them. Amen? Living in us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit dwelt with them. Jesus told the disciples that the Holy Spirit dwells with you, but He shall be in you. That's a new covenant reality. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could come upon someone and leave them. In the New Testament, He came to live in you forever, never to leave. What a mindset. But you see, if you, if you pray, take not your Holy Spirit from me, you're living in the Old Covenant. If you're in the New Covenant, you're saying, thank God the Holy Spirit came to live in me. Jesus, you said it. 
You said it. You don't lay. You said the Holy Spirit came to live in me forever. And I thank you. I just need to become conscious of that. I'm so blessed. I'm part of the church. And we, the church, are the only people in the face of planet Earth who have God living in us. Amen. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16, it says here, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Look at this. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. People want to send God. God wants to send you. Amen. God said, I live in you. What would that do to us if we start thinking, God lives in me, God dwells in me? I looked this up, this verse, it, it puzzled me on this point because the, I read it and I just kept reading, you know, you read um, as God has said. So that indicates that God said this previously, that I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. I will look back in the, New Te- in the Old Testament, you can't find a verse that says that God said he would d- dwell in them. But Paul's bringing something out here. He's showing a contrast, really, between the Old and the New. He brings out what God said in the Old Testament. Look, two verses here, and we're closed on this. Look what it says here. Exodus 29, verse 45. It says, I will dwell, what? Among the children of Israel. You look up every time it talks about God dwelling in the Old Testament. I look, I've looked these things up myself. You go and check. Every time it talks about God dwelling, it talks about God dwelling among. Okay? Leviticus 26 and verse 12, it says, And I will walk among you. So in the Old Testament, God dwelt among them, and God walked among them. In the New Testament, He moved in. And you became the temple of the Holy Ghost. And now, praise God, He walks through you. He's getting glory through you. He lives in you. You become the temple. The temple is, is a place where God dwells. And I know God is everywhere. But praise God, He's in you. In a very real way. Why? Because God wants to flow through you. That's what the church is. That's why the Bible said, if Satan would have knew this, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you know why? Because when Jesus died, he died your death. But when he rose, let me tell you, he rose a new life so that you could have his life. And so that you could be reborn, praise God, so that the Holy Ghost would have... See, your, your, your body is, is the house of your spirit. It's not your body that's holy. Yet we desire to live a holy life. Your spirit is holy. And that's where the Holy Spirit moved in. He is in your spirit. Praise God. But wants to live through your life. Amen. So if the church woke up to that instead of running around, I didn't feel God tonight in church. Couldn't care less if I feel God or not in church. You You understand? I'm not saying I don't go and experience God. And I'm telling you, when you get, get um, conscious of Him and start worshiping Him, do you know what? You, you, you experience God as well. You do experience God. But if I don't feel a thing, I still have God in me. 
Amen. Live by revelation. I don't feel God tonight. Big deal. God's in me. I can't pray for someone I don't feel like God would move. Nothing to do with my feelings. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The church is part of the mystery. That was kept secret from before the foundation. Or the church, sorry, the rapture. The church, obviously, yes, what we've been talking about. But the rapture of the church. Behold, I show you a mystery. That's why you don't find it in the Old Testament. It was a secret revealed to the Apostle Paul. Amen? Amen. And so, praise God, we'll get into looking at that mystery. Amen? Of the rapture of the church. Amen. Amen. Praise God, we'll close there this evening. Amen.